This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. Ed McGrogan here speaking many hours away, many miles away, many kilometers away, however you want to phrase it, to Steve Tigner in Melbourne, um, another Melbourne flight down that's half the battle for the, you know, the Australian Open sometimes. So glad to see you got there, Steve. How are the surroundings? Uh, it's good. It's good. It's um, you know eight forty-five in the morning on Sunday. It's probably middle of the afternoon on Saturday there for you. But um, it's been pretty warm, uh, but not too hot yet. It's supposed to be a hundred degrees um, for two or three days in um, this first week. So we'll see how they you go. Know, I don't know if the heat has really affected the tournament in a big way the last few years, but it, but it might this time. So, so has there already been discussion or kind of uh, chatter about the heat, the heat rules index? Like, has that already become a point of topic? Just yeah, because that's already that's been brought up to to some of the top players, and they've they've talked about it. They don't even I didn't I get, didn't get the feeling they really were completely clear on the rules. I think it's been a, it's been a little while since anybody has had to deal with that here. Um, but some players were asked whether they wanted to be the roof closed or the roof open or whether the play should continue. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I think it's pretty clear-cut if there's a certain number in the heat, in, heat index, the roof gets closed um, and play is suspended. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah. So speaking of players getting asked about those things, that that's usually um, the Saturday before the slam begins ritual is the player pressers and um you know especially all the top players will be brought in for their own individual sessions uh that's why you guys see reports basically you know with their comments before the tournament so that was pretty much yesterday you know what did you kind of catch out of those really first interactions with the media in 2014 uh was there anything new that uh, has been brought to light that was of interest i guess the two subjects that people were talking about on the men's side, especially, is um, court surface and the and the new coaches uh, that the top players have brought in: Boris Becker for Djokovic and Stefan Edberg for Federer. Um, I think the court surface was the maybe the more interesting topic because the three because the three top men disagreed on on how fast the courts are playing at the Australian Open. Uh, Rafael Nadal said that he thought they were playing very fast. Um, Andy Murray said they were exactly the same as last year, and Roger Federer said they're a little faster than than last year. Um, I think one explanation may be that Nadal didn't play here last year, and Federer 
even last year, Fetters said that the courts were a little quicker than the year before. So I think there's maybe been some incremental um, increase in the speed that maybe Roth was reacting to and probably maybe overreacting to. Um, now, 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 for the court speed, I mean, um, you know, one thing I always think about with the Australian Open is I think, I think people really, first of all, love the tournament because of this, and I think it makes for some of the better matches we've seen over the past few years, is this is, I think, as close to a neutral surface as you're going to see in, in Grand Slam play. Um, you know, it moved from, I can't remember the exact name, but it moved from rebound ace to another surface that's pretty, it, it seems to be a good middle ground for really almost all types of players here. And, you know, if if that is true, that the speed of the surface has increased a little bit. I mean, does that does that um, help anyone in particular? You know, specifically within that top range where the margins are so small that even something like um, you know a slight increase in court speed could be a could be a big factor. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I think you're right. The tradition of the Australian Open when it was rebound ace and now plexicushion is what it's called is it to have sort of medium slow surface, a pretty neutral surface that would. Um, you know, would be work for all different types of players. And I think that's been true, and I think that's one of the reasons the Australian Open has been successful in the last 20 years. I'd say if there's just a slight difference, which is what Federer is saying, um, and I, don't, I don't think that will make a big difference. Federer is probably, the, of those three, is the player who would benefit the most of the, of the top players from a faster surface. But, you know, Nadal just beat Federer in London on an indoor surface that's faster than this surface. So it's not like Nadal can't play on this, this stuff. So I think judging from what all three said, I don't think the surface speed will make a big difference. Plus there's a lot of other factors involved. It's almost hard to, to um, figure out where the actual court speed comes in because there's the ball speed, the weather, um, and the, the pace of the other player's shots, which are always different from player to player. So I think there's, you know, there's just a lot of different factors, and that's, I think that's one reason why these three players disagree on what the court speed is. Right. It's the only thing they're going to get uh, them to disagree on in this era of good feelings, as you often put it here. Um, so before I interrupted you there, you were saying either about the court speed or the second part about the coaches. Yeah, the, you know, the, the big story on the men's side is that Becker and Edberg are uh, coaching Djokovic and Federer, and they joined, you know, sort of trend with when Andy Murray hired Yvonne Lendl two years ago, a sort of a trend towards top players coaching top players. I don't, that, that hasn't really been the way it's been, you know, gone in the past. So yesterday they were asked, you know, Federer and, and Murray were asked about it. Federer talked about what he expects from Stefan Edberg and what he hopes to get from from Edberg, maybe he was talking about the, you know his transition game, but he wasn't. He sort of downplayed where Edberg will be in his in his team. He says he'll just sort of fit in with his with his group and he'll travel with him some of the year. I don't think Federer wanted to really say that he needed a big change in his mm-hmm. game. Murray talked about what the top players can bring. He said he was honest and said those guys aren't going to teach you ground stroke technique. They're not going to be the guys you're going to go to to fix a technical flaw or to really like develop a new stroke. But he said that they will have tactical advice because they those are the guys that really do have 
the experience of of what you can do in a big match and what you can't do, what mentally you might be capable of of doing or thinking. He thought Lendl was was good for that, and and the, that's the value of those players, the sort of knowing, almost knowing the players' limits of what they can change at a certain moment in a big match. It's it's almost uh, you know kind of looking back at the last few years, kind of a hit or miss proposition. Um, you know, obviously Murray and Lendl is such a good example. Even with even when Federer was with Tony Roach, you know, of course that was a nice pairing. That during Federer's prime years, you could you could say, of course, that that was you know much more Federer and how gifted you know how superior he was to the field at that point. Um, there's other examples, and then also you, you know you have some opposites where the pairings really don't work. I think you brought up a good point recently when you know Djokovic brought in Todd Martin to kind of consult and joke this is sort of just before Djokovic really turned the corner and reestablished himself in um you know in this ultra elite conversation of um the top men and um so you know the coaching thing I think it's it, it was such a such a trend this fall and you know this late season it's going to be you know one of if not the biggest stories in this early part of the year and you know the matches are going to be dissected pretty carefully when it comes to Federer and Djokovic to see uh, you know what they bring this year. So um, you know that's uh, all worth discussing. You know as the players certainly did there. Um, also, we should just mention that uh, there was another coaching on the women's side. The trend is, is start maybe have started. Sabine Lasicki's working with uh, Martina Hingis to, for this tournament. So we'll see what we'll see what happens there. Oh, that's I actually did not know that and. Uh, you know, both of them have um, tear-shedding experiences in Grand Slam finals, so I guess it was a, it was a natural right. pairing there. Um, so switching to the other side of the equation, um, from the greatest of the great to those just trying to, to make the cut, um, last day of qualifying was yesterday as well. Um, sort of the best day in the best day in free tennis at the U.S. Open, as it's always put. Um just maybe some quick thoughts on what you saw of interest during the qualifying rounds. <clears throat> yeah, for Americans, American fans probably remember uh, Vicky Duval from um, last year's U.S. Open. She's she's 18 now. She was 17 when she upset Sam Stoser in a in a pretty exciting match, Flushing Meadows. She wasn't as good yesterday. She lost in the final round of qualifying to another young player, a Czech player. Um, but you know, it, it it's one of those sort of she was she was making everything against Stoser. She was missing just about everything yesterday. Uh, probably one of those you know learning experiences to lose in the final day of qualifying, uh, which was disappointing for her. But two other young um, women players, sixteen year olds, Belinda Bencic and Anna Kanya. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly from Croatia. They both won. So so um, there, you know there's potentially and they both you know they both look good. There's some, potentially some, some new blood on the women's side there. You just couldn't go in Australian Open without saying an upset or a disappointment of Sam Stozer, I see. it's uh, We haven't even started the main draw yet. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, like I said, um, or like you wrote, I should say, um, Steve did a piece on qualifying. is up now on Tennis.com. You'll be able to see that there for a lot more details and the correct spellings of all the names that are admittedly tough to, uh, to speak. Um, last thing before I let you go, um, 
the tournaments that were still going on as of yesterday, the tune-ups, you had um, Juan Martin Del Potro, John Isner winning um, ATP events. Let's just talk about Del Potro since um, clearly he is what would be considered the the best challenge to the um, you know the biggest players you know Rafa, Djokovic, Murray, Federer, of course. You know to keep him in that in that group there. Um, when we talk about Rafa having such a tough half of the draw, you know, a big part of that is because Del Potro is there as well. Um, Del Potro in in the tournament just demolished Tomic. Pretty impressive win considering, you know, the obvious away court um, impediment he had to get over there. And you just wrote a big piece on Del Potro for Tennis Magazine. The cover story, I may add, if you guys want to take a look for that. So maybe um, just to close some of your thoughts on Del Potro, you know, at this very point after, you know, a, a very nice tune-up win coming into the Aussie Open. Yeah, Del Potro looked good. He was talking about how good he thought Tomic was, um, and he pretty much dismantled him. I mean, Tomic was disappointing. He, you know, he looked like he lost belief pretty quickly. He, same thing happened when he played Del Potro last year in, in D.C. Um, but I think you know, Del Potro, he's on the tough side of the draw, but he's, shown, he's the guy who's shown that he can beat any of the top players. Um, he, he won his last match against Rafa 2-4 and four in Shanghai last year. And you know, I think this is his, this is his year. He's 25. He's, he's number five. Um, He'll have a shot to play. Um, you know, he'll he'll have a, a tough road, but I think, you know, I think this could be a good start for him. Fans like him here. I think, like we said, his the the surface suits all players, and I think it, it suits him suits him well. Um, maybe not as as well as a place like the U.S. Open, but but um, you know, I think it all sort of shapes up for him right now. That in the past, this is the moment when he might get hurt. So. So we'll have to hope, you know, right when you think he's going to do something, that's, you know, the moment when something happens to him. So, so you know, fingers crossed that he at least plays injury-free, and we'll see what happens to start this season. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Del Potro has a history of disappointing when it comes to the slams here. So this, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, is a big one for him. So, um, good stuff. We'll let you go, and uh, to today's, you know, penultimate day before the slam um and we will be in touch regularly throughout the tournament with a lot of podcasts and uh from your reports down in melbourne so steve thank you we'll talk to you soon and we will uh talk to you guys on the next podcast uh ed mcgrogan steve tigner tennis.com you've been enjoying tennis.com's weekly podcast thanks for listening for all the latest news and events head over to tennis.com 